The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. Hawkeye is the dad we all deserve. It's it's funny you should say that because <laughs> if if we were the Avengers and you were Hawkeye and we all went through this exact same uh, Infinity War situation... 100% you would get that same haircut afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode 225 of the Legendarium Podcast. Uh, I am Craig Hanks, your host. And with me, as always, as never, is everyone. Everyone. I didn't even bother to come up with insults because it would take way too long. You literally oh. didn't just say legendary legendarium assemble. You <laughs> failed. No, that goes on the end. Um, <laughs> no, I did think of one for Todd uh, just 30 seconds ago, and it would be the Hulk. Better phone typer than him. Oh, <laughs> oh wow yeah. thanks yeah yeah you're awful <laughs> thanks i appreciate that i pretty am i pretty much am but no that's okay. okay so we have in the room today myself todd ryan ken kyle megan stephanie welcome everybody thank you hi welcome hey um so boy yeah. are we enthusiastic <laughs> i know <laughs> this is what well, we're about as enthusiastic as um all of the hollywood stars were at the very end of Avengers Endgame to be it's there on screen. <laughs> you have to you have to talk into the microphone if you want anybody to hear you. What did you say? It was a funeral. What did you want it to look like? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if that mic ever even works. <laughs> um, Megan, say something into the mic. Tell everybody hello. Hey, everybody. Hail Hydra. Oh. Let's talk about the Tony Stark funeral here and how Craig wishes it was a Cinco de Mayo party for these people. <laughs> <laughs> and how Hollywood should be clanking, you know, Corona lights and lines. Okay, I think that's enough mic check for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, today we are talking about Avengers Endgame. Uh, if you haven't seen it, shut off the podcast now. Uh, with a lot of Marvel movies, you know, like with Captain Marvel, for instance, just a couple months ago, if you had said, do we need to worry about spoilers? I would have said, you know what? Predictable. Don't worry about it. Just go have fun. If you, if, Nobody's going to spoil that movie for you. Yes. But with Avengers Endgame, there were a lot of surprises in store. And so I would say, uh, you know, that this is partly why we've waited a week to do it so that everybody would have a chance to get out and see it. Right. So. If you haven't seen it yet, go do it before you listen to the episode. Now, uh, we have a lot to get through and a lot of voices here. So our apologies for <sighs> what's about this entire episode. episode. We are not apologizing for this episode. This is what you want and you know it. Uh, this is yeah. We've we've been building toward this for two hundred and twenty-five episodes. <laughs> much like the, Nick, much much the, like the Nick Fury of the podcast. Universe. You started this a long time ago. <laughs> All right, so, uh, all right, now, I, I, there are a lot of places that we could start, but I will say this, uh, with the exception of Stephanie, who was a last minute join, I have envelopes for each of you that we will break out at the end of this episode. It's almost like the Oscars. Uh, at the end of the episode, we'll each, we'll, we'll all, you'll all open each other's envelopes and read what I thought you were all going to say during this episode. So I've got, 
uh, kind of like for Megan, for instance, I have what you like, what I think you generally thought of the movie and then a quote or two that I think that you will say over the course of this episode. Okay. And these do not include things that I've already said that, you know, you're going to have to talk into that mic, Megan. These are, these do not include things that you, that I've already said to you that you know (laughs) that I, so yeah, that's a good point. I, so I was, I was lucky enough. uh, This is not because I'm cool, but it's because I sit next to somebody cool at work. Who's a film critic. I got into an advanced screening. And so I saw it a couple days before all of you. And I wrote all these down and I sealed them up. They're sitting on the desk back here. Uh, and I have been biting my tongue so hard in our little our little Facebook chat as you guys have been talking about stuff. And, uh, and I've been pretty excited because I, I think at least one person I've got dead on. Like, <laughs> like dead on at least one. So anyway, that's uh, we'll save that for uh, toward the end of the episode. People I just don't want see you to... finger points. Man. So basically what this means is you guys all have a choice to make. You can play to type. Or you can try to surprise us all. This would be like this would be like Tony Stark putting on the Infinity Gauntlet and then vaporizing the other half of the universe. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go <laughs> crazy and like do something unexpected? You know, that's up to you. That's up to you. Anyway, let's go around the horn and just nerd the f- out on Endgame for a minute. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, what'd you think? Fat Thor is my life. <laughs> that Whoa. I can sum up the whole thing in one sentence. Uh, I loved it all. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great culmination of all of the storylines. The one thing that creeped me out was Professor Hulk, and it was just weirding me out the whole time, and I couldn't get past it. Um, and it was kind of a bummer that we didn't get to see him actually like Hulk out because we missed that in Infinity War and in in an and in Endgame. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I really, really liked it. I thought it was really good uh, bookends for Tony's story. I really liked Cap's ending. Um, and I really liked the way that the story unfolded over Endgame. I thought that they did a great job of being character focused. And there was actually not a ton of like crazy action sequences until you get to the very final battle. And yeah, I yeah. really, really liked that. Okay. So. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it, this was a more deliberate three hours than i would have expected out of avengers yeah uh all right ken uh this featured your all-time favorite plot device all that is favorite plot device scarlett johansson romance no (laughs) (laughs) time travel yay i love time travel what do you think of the movie however okay i will say i i saw it twice and i needed to see it twice because the second time um, was much better than the first time. Once, once I got past the fact that they were using time travel, once I, and I will say, I didn't mind even the way they used the time travel itself. Uh, once I saw the second movie, but going into the second movie, realizing, okay, I know what this is now. It's pure fan service. It's paying off 10 years and 22 movies. It's, it's basically a tribute to the fans who have made this thing far bigger than it was supposed to be. And that's fine. And going into it with that, with that frame of mind, it was a much better movie. Um, we we it, don't need all your thoughts, just your general thoughts. I will say it was a vegetarian movie because there were zero steaks. So Todd, I'm not even come on, dignify come that. People even died. How? No. Todd, what'd you think? Um, I, I was, I was immensely satisfied. It was. It felt every minute like like the the comic book adventure that I was hoping it would be it was it was different than I was expecting 
Uh, they took a couple of they took took a couple of twists that I that I wasn't uh, that I wasn't planning for. A few that I that we kind of read off the wall, but um, but I will say that emotionally, it was the most. Um, I, I I also saw it twice. I saw it last night, and I sat between my wife and my daughter, and that caused me no end of of dehydration as a result of my tears throughout the entire film. And my and my wife actually, as we were walking out, she said, "Oh my gosh, I I knew something was going to happen because you started crying before it even happened." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it was it was it was great. I laughed, I cried, I cheered, I cried some more. It was beautiful." Megan, I liked it somewhere in the 600 to 900 range. I, I've seen it three times. The first time I saw out it, of, I, out of three thousand, out of three thousand. <laughs> I was going to get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> but way to go. Uh, I So I've seen it three times. And the first time I just, I had a hard time getting into it because the first, you know, third of it is really, really dark. And I just sat there and I'm like, why does this feel like a DC movie? Boo. I'm not a fan because of the DC Because they finally movies. figured out how to make a good movie. DC did? Boo, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, but it, I mean, I, I got on board pretty quickly, like once they figured out the time travel thing. And I appreciated that they set down the rules that they were going by. Um, and uh, the time travel rules, you the mean? The time travel rules that they were don't going to go by. Don't interact with our previous selves. Don't, no yeah, betting on Back any to the Future, Die Hard, <laughs> all of those classic World Series. going into the past movies. Um, <laughs> And uh, what, what did yeah, you generally think? You I came out and you said it. to yourself, I, I came out and I said and to myself, that or... ended the way it needed to end. And I'm very happy. You're and very happy. Now okay. I can stop watching superhero movies for a while. Now, Ryan, I'm, I'm very nervous about you because you said that you did not have the reaction that we are all going to expect you to have had. Uh, I, my problem was that I went in to see this movie not in, I was not in a great state and ready to see this film. Um, I've, been battling illness for a few weeks as you can obviously hear in my dulcet tones this week um sound about like mine I, I, i'm sick too so you uh, everyone saw it thursday night i was supposed to be there couldn't be there and as time progressed i hit this point i'm like people are getting frustrated by the fact that i haven't seen this yet i'm just gonna go see it so i can be done i can see it so we went stephanie and i went to a 10 o'clock showing saturday Ooh. night ouch so three hours we're getting out at you know 1 one thirty, and i haven't been feeling well this whole time so i'm sitting here watching this film going is it over yet <laughs> <laughs> is this over the like, the first time i saw it i i uh, neglected to pee enough <laughs> I, I, I did i did pee before i went in but apparently not enough because about an hour and a half in i was like is it over no. <laughs> no, I watched it, and the thing is, like, I kept watching. It, I'm like, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, that would be cool. But I couldn't like connect to anything. I was just, and it, it was, I think it was more my state than anything else. Sure. Have you seen it since, or just the once? I hate. Here's the thing. I came out of that, and I went. I don't really have a strong desire to go back and see that in the theater right now. I probably should to get a better read on the show. Mm -hmm. But on my first uh, first watching, I was like, there's nothing in here that is driving me to come back to watch this again yeah, yeah. until it comes out on DVD or whatever. It is, wow. I mean, it is three hours. And that's that's a lot of, that's a big ask. You know, on the on the Gandhi scale, that movie, Gandhi, was also three hours and it had an intermission. <laughs> right. And that was before there were a half hour of previews in a film. <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah, but Lord of the Rings is also no, three totally. hours long. That's what I point to. And, and, uh, and when people complain about the three hours and the no intermission, I'm like, well, look, we all sat through Lord of the Rings, all three of them. It's fine. 
those were three and a half hours like yeah. we'll yeah. make it but um anyway so yeah no i get it yeah long i mean i still enjoy it i think it's a good movie but it was just i i did not have the connection to it i wanted to have. totally you definitely and, and need I, to go back and see it yeah Ken and I were kind of talking about this on last week's Jordan Con episode where there's there's sick and then there's whatever you got. Yeah. Which <laughs> is unclassifiable apparently. Um it's a combination of like four things. It's just not Yeah, he was it. he was laid waste and so I guess I I shouldn't be so surprised that you didn't have the reaction that my envelope suspected that you would. It's the Voltron of illnesses. I don't know what that means. Combines com- the combines the the ro- the Todd's robots. On it. Right. You could have gone with Megazord. Yeah, I was going to go Megazord, <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Stephanie. Okay, the old people got the Voltron joke, okay? <laughs> Stephanie, what'd you think of Endgame? So I've only seen it once um, with Ryan, and I walked out of that movie feeling satisfied for an ending of the past 10 years. Like, I just felt, I felt like that's how it needed to end. I was good with the deaths. I was good with, like, people moving on, and I just felt comfortable with it. I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I'm not invested. I have... I honestly have not seen all of them. So Spider-Man. I think so. I'm hoping Spider-Man's the only one I haven't seen. Hulk? Years ago. Okay. So but I, I don't that's, have the that's same. Just the, that's the one that most everybody kind of hasn't seen, right? I'm not invested. I like them, but mm-hmm. I don't. So for me, I was like, yeah, that was a good movie. So, I don't have any desire to go back to the theater, but that's just me and my opinion. Yeah, like, no, that's this, just the way I feel about the movies. I think this kind of plays a little bit into the way I feel about it, where it, and and I am hardly the first person to make this point, so uh, take that for what it's worth. But this is basically a TV show <coughs> in the movie theaters. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, you know several seasons worth of a TV show stretched out over eleven years, and we're all invested to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ending can still be. Oh, kind of cool and yeah. satisfying, and oh, I'm glad I saw that. Oh, that was that was a great show. Um, yeah, like, yeah, that's how. But I felt. It, it, even if it's not like your favorite show of all time, right? Yeah, yeah, I probably won't rewatch it over and over and over again. But I don't do that with any of the Marvel movies. So I, like, I saw. I, I just don't. I saw that. Just advanced. Hallmark films. You what? Just what? <laughs> just the Hallmark films. <laughs> um, Only like two of them. I so I saw that advanced screening and then. Um, we were going on the Thursday night show and I was like, oh man, I don't want to do this. I, it was just too soon. I was excited to see it again sometime, but I was like, oh, Thursday's too soon. Um, and it, it wasn't. I still had a great time on Thursday. <laughs> I really liked it. I, I was lukewarm on Infinity War, especially after it had sat for a little while. I was yeah. like, eh, meh, what, what, whatever. But, uh, and then I really didn't like Captain Marvel much. Um, and then this movie. I, I was so surprised I was, at that, Craig. I was really surprised you didn't like Captain Marvel. Is that I thought one? you were going to be. Oh, yeah. you could tell. Okay, that's, that's another one that I I have enjoyed more on subsequent viewings. Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Captain Marvel is a bad movie. It's a bad movie um, <laughs> with a bad with a bad character. And and I will say, I while I loved Endgame, I will say that they Captain Marvel was kind of a weakness in this one where. Uh, she a storytelling weakness. I mean, and they yeah, did. She their... didn't. She didn't do nearly as much as I thought she would. She's the like, big they red really, button, right? They yeah, built exactly. her up to be but a the really big is, deal. The, the problem is that she's the big red button, but then she's not. Um, and yeah. so, and I, I apologize. I, I do want to 
get into the fact first that I did really, really like this and I had a great time. But uh, but I will say, you know, I am who I am. Behold the underlying truth. <laughs> I am who I am. So I'm going to tell you what I what I really thought. No, um, the so they wisely sent her off to the other side of the universe for most of the movie. But then when they brought her back, climactic battle scene, big Thanos ship, and she just tears through it and, you know, blows the whole thing up in five seconds and it crashes to the ground does she take out one or two other like big giant machines before she lands on the ground and then spider-man has the gauntlet and she's like i'll take that and she and he's like how are you gonna get through all these get bad guys with whatever. me and my women's that's how and what well, it's we'll get to that in a bit but my my question was like what, where are you going? what how could you possibly ask that question right yeah what do you mean how is she gonna get through everything she could vaporize thanos with the snap of her fingers with you know uh, so that that was my problem with uh, Captain Marvel and we all knew it was kind of coming after the last movie where it's like what are Captain Marvel's powers whatever you want she can blow up the earth you know so <laughs> is that your Will Smith impression <laughs> <laughs> welcome to earth <laughs> I could have been in a barbecue <laughs> uh, I was going men in black I like where you went with that anyway but I was I was having such a great time at the in that climactic battle scene where you know Captain America was you know picks up the hammer and he's yeah! he's going after Thanos and um, you know, Tony Stark and Thor are teaming up with the lightning through the Iron Man suit. I thought, oh, this is so cool. This is so much fun to see them like duking it out with him. And then she shows up and everything. It just kind of ruined everything uh, in that. No, it didn't ruin everything, but it was it was a moment where I I you know what I did, Todd? I rolled my eyes. I'm not I, surprised. I really felt like they could have not even had her in the movie and given that little bit to anyone else and mm. still have gotten the same thing. Like right. she really didn't need to be in the movie. I mean, she did some like stuff, massive stuff, but I didn't really. The, yeah, the only thing we needed her for was to rescue Iron Man in space and bring him back home. Yeah, and like, after that, that's the that important true. thing she did in this. I movie. mean, and so theoretically, like I, I think it was, I can't remember. I think it was actually Adam that was telling me this at work, but he said his daughter pointed that out. Like, wasn't it great how Captain Marvel like saved the whole universe? And he was like, "Wait, Tony Stark did." And she's like, "No, Dad, she saved Tony Stark from space <laughs> and brought him back." And so, like, oh, okay, there's a certain logic yeah, there. Yeah, no, I, I think there's something to the idea that, you know, it. there was some reviewer I was reading who said that he took his daughter to go see it, and he said, uh, you know, what what was your favorite part? And she said, Captain Marvel, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. 10-year-old girl. Oh, I loved Captain Marvel. And he said, really? What did, what did you like about her? And she said, uh, I liked her because she's so pretty and so powerful. And, like, you know, and that's as far as... Uh, as the ten-year-old mind is going to go, and that's I do okay. feel like I you could like say that okay. about almost any of these superheroes. Right. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like Captain America because he's so pretty and he's so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, if 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 Bruce Banner had decided that he was going to let the Hulk loose, he could have done everything that Captain Marvel did by flying through that spaceship, hmm. punching his way through, and ripping the guts out of the spaceship. But but because they needed to include Captain Marvel in this film. As a launching point for phase four, I think that's the real reason that they decided to put all of those pieces in place the way that they did and why they why they kind of minimized the role of the Hulk as the absolute destroyer of the Marvel Universe. I, I, I would have put her at the 
after this movie, beginning of Phase 4, then you introduce Captain Marvel. I think it was pretty much understood, even from when they announced Captain Marvel, that she yeah. was seen, if, even if it wasn't the initial plan, she was seen as, she's going to be the she's leader. She's the bridge. She, she's going to be the, the headliner into Phase 4 and beyond. And I I still feel like that, even though she wasn't, she didn't really do much in Avengers, in, in Endgame, it, it feels like that's kind of where they're heading, is they want her to be the, the headliner now that, that Robert Downey Jr. is gone. Can we talk about the the power inconsistencies? Like um, the, do do we want to? Are we going to keep going with complaints, or do we want to go with like <laughs> stuff that we actually liked for a little while? I don't know. I just this talking about her powers. And like how Ken are you going to do this? <laughs> That's fine. Well, I it, it just it brought up it, in my mind the the power inconsistencies in the sense that okay, well Thanos is so powerful, but he's not. But he is, and she's so powerful. But when she actually takes on Thanos. She's not. And then, although I thought that was clever the way he pulls the power stone to get her away from him. That was pretty dope. Totally whipping his butt. But they're they're... very, very Arya Stark. Okay. Yes. Yes. Kyle got it. I'll take your word for it. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, it just seemed like, I mean, because here Thor nearly, this is brought up a couple times in some reviews, but Thor nearly takes him out with the axe while he's got all six stones in the last movie. And this time he, without the stones, can't beat. Captain America with Mjolnir, Iron Man, and Thor all at the same time. It's just, Captain Marvel should have been able to whoop his butt, but somehow he's still just as powerful or more so than when he had all six Infinity Stones. I don't It's there's There's narrative, and then there's consistency, and they're not worried about consistency. They're just more worried about narrative, and that's fine, I right. guess, if... Do you want like stats next to them? So yeah, you can, like, so exactly. He's Thanos gonna have his Iron 78. Man suit on so he can have little visions. He of, totally like, couldn't do that. Little and they... yeah, right. That wouldn't have happened <laughs> in a movie about superheroes in space. It would have if Michael <laughs> Bay had done it, right? <laughs> uh, Does anybody have any 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 count any any bet on how long it was going to take before we slammed somebody else somebody else's movie? Because I think Craig just did it. We got the Michael Bay movie, and that was what twelve minutes in. 12, I don't. 13 minutes? I, I, honestly, I don't really have much brief against Michael Bay because he did The Rock, and so he so all is forgiven forever. Uh, paper or plastic? Paper or plastic? It's uh, maybe the maybe the I don't know top five films of the nineties. I love that. Love that show. movie. Yeah, the Rock was great. Uh, okay, go on, Todd. Uh, I was just going to say one of the one of the things that um, that fanboys and and fangirls um, sometimes struggle with coming into these kinds of movies is that there is a there there is a lot of investment uh, made by by the writers by the character developers um, and by the fans on understanding what the what the limitations on different power sets are and so going in as as somebody that has a, all of that background for me I bought the limitations. And the reason that I bought the limitations has less to do with the importance of narrative and more to do with the relationship that these characters have had with each other across arcs and what happens differently when somebody has decided they are not pulling punches, they're going to lay it all on the line. Because in the first film, uh, in in Infinity War, this is the first time that all of these characters are coming up against anything that can that can match them toe for toe. And so they're as they're as they're going against each other. Uh, it it would make perfect sense that they would be holding back to a certain extent. This time, they've already made the decision. Whatever it takes, they're going to do everything that they possibly have. All all bets are off. They already know how hard this is going to be. And so it makes sense to me that there's a lot more being brought to the table, both by the heroes and by the villains. So for me, it was not an inconsistency. But again, maybe that's just because I come to it with 
with this fanboy feeling that I, I that I've already bought into all of those pieces sure. and I buy them. Okay. I just for sake of, you know, <laughs> moving on, I'm not going to argue. Okay, all right. We well, can argue later. We'll argue later. Can all I right. tell you can I tell you something <laughs> that I really enjoyed? Uh, really really liked uh, now that this movie is out and we can kind of see all the arcs coming together ant-man <laughs> yeah um, it's my favorite ant-man not not only is paul rudd uh, just the most charming mother on the planet the most <laughs> the most charming person on the planet we'll pretend to get that in post <laughs> so he's he's incredibly he's incredibly charming very charismatic on screen and very funny right so he's great in that way but uh, and while I did not care for the second Ant-Man movie all that much, I do think that his character, uh, it, like, you don't need Captain Marvel in a way because you have Ant-Man. He's the solution that that this film needed, right? And so I thought that they set that all up really well with the post-credit stingers and the idea of the quantum realm. And <laughs> so everything was set up really well, regardless of what you think of either of his movies, uh, his standalone movies. I thought that he was a great addition to this one. What do you think, Megan? No, I, I definitely agree. I, I think it was interesting that first section of the movie where you have so many people who are dealing with loss and they've lived through this last five years where they've missed all of these people and they've all come out of it very weary and very, you know, like, just damaged. And then you have Ant-Man who also missed the last five years but didn't realize it. And so he comes out and he's still pretty plucky and happy-go-lucky and he's just trying to, like, hold his own with all these other very very serious people yeah yeah todd not quite todd, todd is crying because he's thinking about the scene where ant-man hugged his daughter no it's yeah. so good though she's all grown up i'm gonna right? miss that other so little hard <laughs> so hard um but i and on the one hand i was kind of sad that they all looked at him like oh you're this cute little puppy look at you you're you know and at the same time like you kind of needed those moments of oh he's a baby oh he's an old man somebody wet my pants like, <laughs> and it was just so like it's so funny because you don't get that kind of humor in um the captain america movies or in the incredible hulk but you have those characters who are interacting with this and they're like, okay, this, this is fun. I and, really appreciate this. And let's be honest, Rocket Raccoon calling him a little puppy. That was <laughs> <Right>. awesome. <laughs> you want to go into space, little puppy? That was great. That was good. Uh, Stephanie, did you have like a favorite Avenger in this movie? In this movie? And, no, and because why was they killed Mantis? him off in Infinity Wars and I was mad. Who was it? I love Vision. Uh, Vision is my favorite and I kept thinking there's a way to bring him back. They're going to bring him back. They no. have to bring him back. And I kept thinking all these ways that I was like, okay, they they did enough on his body that they maybe could rewire him or something like that. And then there was that big moment at the end between um Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye as they're both reminiscing yeah. about the people yeah. that they lost and I was like they're not bringing Vision back. And that was probably like the most saddest moment in my Fun like, fact. People all died and everything, and that's the moment I mourned. They're, they're bringing Vision <laughs> they, back. They do have to bring him back because there's a Vision Scarlet Witch show so, later yes. for Disney+. And Plus. it's called... I was like, there's still called, ways. It's going to change. That name's got to change. WandaVision. That is the ridiculous <laughs> name. It's got to change. And it makes me want to harm myself and or others. You're... You, uh, mm. Wanda forever. <laughs> Since I can't say the other one, I'm just going to go with Wanda. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, okay, well... But, like, is this movie in a whole... I. I just felt like it was a good culmination of of everyone. I think it was a nice salute to the original Avengers because they're the ones that survived. So they're the ones that worked hard and worked the hardest to get everyone back. Yeah. And so that was kind of a nice salute to them. 
I appreciated that. Um, I felt like it was a good ending for those that have been there the longest. People like Tony, Captain, like um, Black Widow, that it was a good ending to their stories. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. Okay, raise your hand if you cried during or immediately after the funeral. Right. Are you serious? Me and Todd are the only ones who raised our hands? I'm surprised that you did. I thought it was just going to be I me. I don't know if you would qualify it as crying, but I definitely welled. There was welling for sure. Okay, well, for you, yeah. that would classify as crying. Oh, no, that is that is that is hard weeping as far as I'm concerned. You yeah. think I was going to cry at this movie? Come on. <laughs> I didn't shed a tear. I was, kinda, I was surprised because everyone was like, oh, I cried. I cried. I was like, oh, great. Because I'm a crier. I cry at lots of movies. And I left this one. I was like... Is there something wrong with me? Right. And I, I, and I would say, <laughs> And I would say absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with you, but it's about the level of investment. Well, yeah, I'm not in invested in the movie. I so, will um, admit but... I legitimately smiled bigly at the uh, at the Steve Rogers and Peggy reunion at the very end. Oh, I love that so much. That's one that I, I can't say that I was terribly invested in. So yeah, I, yeah. I just I just love that uncontrollably. Yeah, I think the most emotional scene for me was the opening scene. Hawkeye, yes. Hawkeye oh, man, is, that was yeah. rough. Hawkeye is the dad we all deserve, and he is like poor Hawkeye, man. So like, opening scene got me, set the tone perfectly, and then he has to go through the whole thing with Black Widow and all it's, of that. And it's so, funny you should say that because <laughs> if if we were the Avengers and you were Hawkeye and we all went through this exact same uh, Infinity War situation. 100% you would get that same haircut afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. I thought you were going to say you would turn haircut. into that kind and, of a soulless execution. And, and the wicked arm sleeve, too. Don't forget that. <laughs> um, no, if I, if, I were to, if I were to hope for any spinoff show, it would be a Hawkeye one. I just want to see him running around chopping bad guys' heads off for three seasons in a Killing movie. Killing Cartel and Yakuza. And all yeah. That. yeah, exactly. Like being Ronin. Not as Hawkeye being Ronan. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The alter ego. Uh, Ro Ronan was back in this, wasn't he? There was a lot no, of. There was no, no Ronan. No Ronan. Time. There okay. was the mention was of him. The mention. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Hawkeye's alter ego when he goes dark is Ronan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? The difference is oh, interesting. Ronan the Accuser is spelled A N R O N A N, and Ronan is R O N I N, like the Japanese. If they could samurai. put a little subtitles underneath them, I could follow a little bit better because I had you no idea. I was like, I don't know who this. Like, yes, <laughs> would they? You need a program. Programs, get your programs. You need um, Ronan vision. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, now, in the middle of the movie, second act, we're time traveling. We're going back and visiting all these different locations. <laughs> Did anyone else get the sense, and and I was I was enjoying it for the most part, like 85-90% was really digging it, uh, but there was a part of me that was like, this is when, uh, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, a rock band would sign a seven album deal with Columbia Records, and then they'd get pissed around album four and five, and they get, they kind of churn out number six, and you can tell that they're just like trying to get through it. And then number seven, album number seven is like they, they just put out a greatest hits, put a couple new tracks on there uh, to, so they can get it out there. <laughs> I kind of felt in the second act like, oh, this is their greatest hits album. It's funny that you say that because Thor's storyline takes place during Thor the Dark World, which is universally acknowledged as the worst of the Marvel movies. Is it? Pretty universally. I, pretty universally. <laughs> more than by everybody than but Hulk. you. <laughs> no, but more than Hulk. Usually, yeah. usually Thor the, the Dark Man. World. Okay. 
Usually Thor the Dark World and uh, and the Incredible Hulk end up in the bottom Iron two. Man 2, yeah. Thor the Dark World, and Incredible Hulk are the bottom three. Right. You can interchange which one's no. the worst, depending no. on who's... Iron Man 2 gets a bad rap. It is a much better movie than that. I agree. But Iron, Iron Man 2 is garbage. No. It's trash. No, it's a it trash a movie show. for garbage people. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> trash Panda. I will, take, I will take all of your Iron Man 2, and I will embrace it. Okay. Did we like the fact that that all of Asgard was calling Ra Rocket Raccoon a rabbit? Get the rabbit. <laughs> funny. I, there were there were so many individual callouts to different pieces that happened along the way that were that just made they they were they were nice um, fan moments. Uh, Ken, you mentioned that this whole thing was about paying service to the fans, but there was a yeah. there were a lot of those that were nice fan callouts. That were a lot of fun. To That's play exactly with. what the second act was. It was the, the it was the clip show at the end of the series to recount all of your greatest moments, all of the favorite memories for over the last ten seasons. But you I know, know, but how great was it for them to get to, you know, the Battle of New York, and they're coming to the end, and they're like, oh, this is Rumlo, and this is this other guy, and they were in Hydra, and Captain America's like, hail Hydra, and everybody goes, what? That was a pretty funny. That was a pretty that funny moment, true. especially since that that moment in the comic books was so universally detested. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about that, Ken. Yeah. We don't the, talk about it in this house. It, it was almost like it was a, a mea culpa, like, you know, the comics, they're not going to say this, but we will say it for them. Yeah, we get it. You know, at some point in time, I want to have a conversation about that. <laughs> not I, that I have any hard feelings. I don't want to. I know you don't. Okay. Um, going back to what you were talking about in that, in that second act though, as they're going through and they're doing the recaps on all of these stories, I want to talk about Thor for just a second. I know Megan's going to come, she's going to, she's going to be upset with certain things, but I, the, the moment where, uh, Thor meets his mom and she says, you're Thor, but not my, not the Thor. I know the future has not been kind to you. That was good. Okay. That was another moment where. You cried. You I cried. cried so hard. I cried so frequently in this film um, because it was it was it was a moment where these heroes there there were lots of moments where these heroes got to be people. They got to be human instead of being the you know the in the, in the first Avengers it was the the buddy cop stuff between Thor and Hulk and they're smashing each other every time every chance they get. But as they've moved along and as we've invested in these characters or as the movies have given us a chance to invest in these characters, they've become more human. And that was a real, uh, a, a real wonderful spot for Chris Hemsworth to show some acting chops. Jeremy Renner shows some magnificent acting chops during that, during that second, uh, during that second act. After we see him as Ronan, and we get to spend some time with him in his time travel episode. Um, Paul Rudd, um, I was, I was in, um, not in, not so much in the second, but in his in the first act, he really showed some acting skill that. For the most part, he's he's kind of played a, a little bit of a two dimensional character throughout these movies. But we get into we get into this film, and they've really been given some opportunity, both by the scripting so and by the directors, in, to be great actors. From what you're saying, it sounds like in order to display acting chops, you must have sad scenes in which you cry <laughs> and are destroyed emotionally. That's how Oscars are made. <laughs> it's a lot easier. I I honestly think Infinity War and Endgame, these two films together. Um, with these actors, and, and it's, an, it's a testament to the writers, to the directors, and the actors. You watch these two movies to learn as a masterclass on character arcs. Yes, um, because you want to talk about these these you know moments where they're showing acting chops. It's because there has been an arc that has been established that they follow this through this whole thing. Um, 
Endgame just wraps it like or ramps it up a bit because of the five year difference after the loss. Yeah, and having to having to cope with this deal. Um, honestly, probably one of the things about Endgame that I enjoyed the most was feeling like that there was none of our main characters had a shallow arc in this story. Um, a lot of times in the comic books, in these superhero films and comic book movies, uh, you can get away with a shallower story, especially if it's an origin piece or whatever. It's yep. finding your true self, whatever. No, these these people had to deal with real loss, real things. And for me, um, Thor's arc, uh, Steve Rogers' arc, mm-hmm. Tony's arc to a certain extent as well, mm-hmm. um, although his felt a little bit kinder than the others, um, in my opinion. But those, especially those three, and Black Widow, like the each one of those is just a masterwork. You can go through and watch where they are at the start of Infinity War, um, all the way to the end of Endgame, and just realize how much they've had to deal with and how much those actors took that one moment of change, that one snap, and altered what it meant for their characters and what yep. they had to do five years later. Like it was, it's a just masterstroke. Yeah, it's really well done. I will say that Hulk's got underserved in my opinion, banners, because they, they built it up for three hours as you know, they, they can't, he can't get the Hulk to come out, and then all of a sudden she's like, eh, we don't care. That's, that's fine. It, it worked out in the five years. Whatever. I will say I really appreciate how they, um, how they handled that morning period, and everybody handled it very differently, but it was, it's something that I've seen in everybody who's had to deal with that kind of loss, and I've been very lucky in my life where I have never lost anybody that close to me where like I see every day um, and had to deal with that. But I talk with people and and I have so many friends who... Oh, hey, I, I think the Avengers are landing in my backyard. <laughs> the sound of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I have right. a lot of friends who just are defined by that moment of loss and are not able to get past it. And I, yeah, as Todd mentioned, I'm not a fan of the Fat Thor storyline. Not because he's fat. I totally identify with him getting depressed and fat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we can all I, identify with that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I just, I didn't appreciate the way that everybody talked to him about that. You know, his mother tells him to eat a salad. You know, like they're having all of these moments. And, and my like, mom and would again, tell me like to eat a salad. watching it the third time. <laughs> It never bothers Thor, and I'm like, okay, so I shouldn't let it bother me because, because nah. it doesn't bother him. That's not something that he's worried about. He has bigger things to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his moves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say though, I don't think that I, I disagree with the statement that it doesn't bother Thor. Um, he just doesn't openly come out and and like make it, a big deal. He's about being a tough guy because yeah, he's yeah. a tough guy. But there's a it's it's in one of the closing <laughs> scenes. Um, final battle sequence when Thor kind of gets Thor gets his groove back. Um, he gets Mjolnir and he gets and he has Stormbreaker and he basically asks the gods to reform him. Like he does, he pulls in the thunder and everything. And instead of all of a sudden like, hey, lightning flash, six pack abs, everything back. Like they braid his hair, they make him into the old god Thor type thing. Yeah. Like he, I'm pretty sure that Thor could have in that moment reverted his body to a, a much more attractive state but he's owned who he is by that point and yeah there's they i get the big deal about people making like that oh you're you're fat shaming you're making too much of it you know with the comedy of it um yeah i don't get it i think it was awesome it's it to me like i i laughed i thought it was funny and like i think a mother would naturally would if saw she saw her son who was once the most ripped man in the universe with a little pudge, probably go, you know, you should probably eat a salad, kiddo. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I, think, but so, I think the people that are bothered by it. the ever says to him. Well, and, and <laughs> no. let's be honest, Thor has, been, Thor has been one of the characters that gets questionable 
uh, questionable comedy stuff around him anyway. Remember in the first one? When he when he goes in and he says he's my brother, so he has to answer for he's your brother. Well, he's adopted, you know, and and everybody went nuts about that. Oh, and I'm like, come on, people, this is just let it go. Kyle, let it go. You, I what, think what to go want? back to what Ryan was saying, it's you got to understand, you got to remember what the arc for Thor was, and that he didn't just magically change back into ripped Chris Hemsworth version of Thor, and the whole point of his arc was. Stop being who you think you're supposed to be yeah. and be who you are. Yeah. And we as a collective audience, as a society, we all think Thor is supposed to be the godlike version of Chris Hemsworth that is eye candy for everybody. And who he is now and who he has become and accepted is this new version. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. It, it, yeah. We were talking about earlier, somebody was saying something about the mourning period and how they treated the mourning period and i'm glad that they didn't give everybody the same reaction to yeah. infinity war yeah. and so they uh, they all were pretty depressed but they all handled it differently you know black widow was was weepy but she was like getting to work right uh captain america was he he wasn't weepy he was stoic he was captain america stoic but he was again kind of getting to emotional work with yeah, the events groups and all that like um and then you had thor who was just as depressed as anybody else but his reaction was to bury that depression under um you know the, the layers of jocularity and video gaming and, and all that stuff those jets are so 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 loud yeah they are but it's kind of cool i honestly think and this is 100 percent opinion and I, I won't fight anybody too hard on the internet for it <laughs> but i think thor took it the hardest out of anybody uh because he's the one character especially in infinity war who had the ability to actually stop Thanos on his own. Like, the they make it, you know, they kind of turn it into a little bit of a joke when he says, you know, I went for the head and he kills Thanos in the first part. But the fact is, is Thor could have stopped Thanos in Endgame and he failed. And he knows that he failed. Well, and in addition to that, Thor lost pretty much everybody that he loves during Ragnarok and you know the beginning of Infinity Wars he lost Loki and he knows those people aren't coming back not only that but all of the people that were slaughtered at the beginning of Infinity War were not slaughtered with the Infinity Stones Thanos eliminated them through more conventional means so all of the 50% that that Thor was able that Thor is able to see come back after the snap is still a much small I mean his the from within the storyline the population of Asgard is basically gone. We see like 15 people in that little village. Conceivably, that could be about as big as Asgard was because of all of the things that had happened to lead up to that because the ones that come back are the ones that came back because of the snap. That's why Vision doesn't come back. That's why ScarJo doesn't come back and uh, uh, Black Widow. So that's why... You know, that's why th for Thor, this is a this is a tough deal. So I, I have this weird opinion of Thor. I don't like Thor. I never have. I think he's arrogant. <laughs> um, yes. I've never cared for Thor. He's just not. I, I don't like his movies. I don't like Thor. And I had a hard time with him in this movie because I feel like in the thousand years Thor has been alive, he has been trained and raised to care for his people. And the one thing that he gives up is caring for his people. He walks away, like he doesn't physically walk away from his people, but he goes so drawn into himself that 
he allows everyone else to take care of his own people. And I just feel like that is out of character for everything that we've been given about him. Well, and then at the end, he did walk away, right? So I had a hard time. And I mean, I felt okay after, at the very end, he's finally realized that he's, all of his training, all everything that he's been taught in that conversation with his mother changed his outlook. So him leaving his people and giving, I don't even remember what her name is. Valkyrie. Valkyrie, the the queendom of her of his people and allowing her to lead them, I felt okay with. But the fact that he just decided to drink beer and play video games while his people are doing who knows what just didn't feel like it didn't make sense to me for who Thor has been all of these movies. Right. Even with all of the loss he's dealt with, everything that he's had to face, it still felt out of character for me. And like they just needed someone who was going to take that route because you have um, Black Widow who's trying to do work. You have Captain America who's trying to do work. We need to have someone who just gave up just to give them a balance of reaction. And I just, I don't feel like that should have been Thor's character. I can right. see that. I, I, can I, see that. I will disagree with that a little bit. Uh, having lost somebody very closely, that 100% changes your character. So when I was 15, my dad died of leukemia. And I watched him die. And that 100% changes the way you are on the inside. And so I do think that it is fine um, to have a character that goes through such a dramatic change on such a scale. Um, and I think to your point, he's been trained to be this person and then he's had this really traumatic series of events, not just a single event, but a series of events where he's lost several people. Um, I think it's 100% within character that something like that would happen. And I think it was needed um, to be representative of all of the different kinds of losses. To Craig's earlier point, everybody reacts differently. Mm -hmm. And this needed to be represented somewhere. And I think Thor is probably the perfect place to represent that. So thank you for joining us for the Thor therapy hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was expecting it to be me who was going to bring it down, Ryan. Man. You're saying we've spent like 15 minutes on Thor's because it, it admittedly is I it, think, the weightiest. It is the most it. interesting thing in the movie. If you're talking about the most, <clears throat> uh, the most intellectually and emotionally interesting thing in the movie is Thor. Uh, if you're talking about the entire 11-year uh, Infinity story arc, that, then it's probably Tony. Yeah. His arc was the most interesting over the entire run, and that's partly just due to the fact that he's in just about every movie, it seems like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, especially there toward the end, it seemed like he made an appearance in most of the movies. Um, so I, I, I didn't mind the fat jokes, uh, you know, as long as... I, I thought that it that they were balanced by the fact that it was kind of emotionally heavy and interesting and and there was something to to sink your teeth into and and think about. So yeah, I I I like Thor. What? <laughs> I like I like Fat Thor. Can I just say I'm very happy about how much Nebula we got in this film. That's I where I was going. I always thought yeah. she, Man. Was, she was one of the more interesting characters, and in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, she really doesn't do much. And in this one, she ended up figuring very prominently and being really important to the plot. And she is this, you know, kick-a cyborg character who 
has grown a lot since we first known her. And then you have these five years where she's apparently traveling around with Racket Raccoon and creating um, a bond. This this bond with him, and then Space he goes Force. off at the end with the Guardians of that Galaxy to I don't know what find Gamora. I don't know. But um, I just, I've always thought she was really cool. I love her and Tony at the beginning where he's just so funny and she's just like, there was, I won, I win. I've, I don't know. I've always thought that Marvel really, really lucked out getting, uh, getting, Karen Gillen. no, Karen no, no, guy, what's, what's his name? Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> like what, what a magnificent find, right? uh, you know, as far as somebody to carry the entire franchise. Yeah. And there were a few actors like that. You know, I, I don't think the same thing about uh, Bruce Banner, Mark, uh, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Like, yeah, he's fine. It, don't, don't get me wrong, but it's not like, oh, what a revelation. Um, it, it was kind of a revelation when they finally figured out that Chris Hemsworth was funny. Yes. And so they're like, oh, we'll make a funny Thor movie because he's friggin' hilarious, you know. So that was that was nice. But Karen Gillan uh, is one of those, and I, I know that the Doctor Who people will be like, oh, we already knew about her, but, but she's for the so world, different at, in this. But than for she the is world at large, Hill. it's like, oh my gosh, what a revelation! What a revelation this actress is. Yeah. You know, we we saw her in Jumanji as well, and she's great yeah, there. But it's and, like like watching her in this film, like the way she moves just seemed very alien and very robotic and just really interesting. And she has an odd stance. But she does and, have she does have legs that are like 13 and a half feet long right. in real life. <laughs> yes. So there there is she has that going for her. She had one of the best lines or not lines, but one of the best interactions when when uh Bruce and she are trying to explain time travel and everybody's everybody's everybody thinks it's you know back to the future or uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and all this and they're both just like that's not time travel that's not how time travel works and she just matter of factly she's like that's not no, how this that's, works that's not how any of this works and it is so funny that she's so deadpan and everything and it, her yeah Karen Gillan's delivery is perfect so anyway uh let's <laughs> so there Let's get to wrapping this. Oh my gosh! Yeah, let's get to wrapping this up. Wrapping this up. We haven't even talked about some of the most in- interesting things about the okay. film. Tony Stark. Wait, here's here's it's what a- I'm going to do. Then I'm going to open it up to the floor, and when I say quick fire, what I mean is quick fire. Todd, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Cap and and passing and his, on the shield and his ass. Well, that is America's ass. <laughs> passing on the shield. Wonderful moment. Um, keeps continuity within the Marvel comic universe as well as the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, but it also sets up some some really interesting uh, beginning points for the next Avengers series. Okay. Ken. Um, I have so many unresolved questions now. Loki disappears. Is this the way he comes back? Because he's going to have a show on, on, uh, on Disney+. Uh, Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. So I... I have a feeling it's going to be, you know, 2012 Loki now is in this alternate timeline. So I think he's going to be back. I wonder if Gamora and Natasha are really dead because I, it, it feels like it's kind of being Ken, set they're, up. So they're that, really dead. I know they're hot, but I, they're really I dead. have a feeling it's set up so that, you know, their souls are trapped in the soul stone and then they can somehow be extracted and they can come back or something. They're dead, That's Ken. the exchange. If you get rid of, if you bring them back, you lose the soul stone and you lose what you've done. Soul stone's gone. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know. No, it's not. It's back where it came from. Anybody else with quick fire thoughts? I have. Go for it. One really quick. Joe Russo, get out of your own film. <laughs> what, did, what did he do? Amen. Joe Russo, it's, this is a little thing. It didn't doesn't ruin the movie or anything, but it just kind of irritated me. Joe Russo put himself, uh, he's one of the two directors, put himself in the film in the scene where Cap's holding a- Yeah, the therapy support, session. A, a therapy session. And he made himself the first 
openly gay character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he is not a gay man. Don't do that, Joe. That's stupid. Yeah, it was, well, it it was it, overly self-gratuitous. Why, why does it matter that he's not a gay man? I'm saying if you want represent, if you're talking about representation and things like that, trying to have things that having a hetero man play a gay man in this and as the first. Uh, no, I don't. I don't buy that at all. I, I I might agree with like get out of your own movie, but I don't care if he's not gay. There are actors playing actor parts. Yes, but representation matters, and if you're going to put a first in there, you just and it's a, such a small bit part of anything. You could have cast a gay ca- a gay actor for that just for representational purposes. Uh, okay. There are Other plenty of gay actors that play straight roles. I mean, does it really matter? Go, Ken. What are, or uh, Kyle? Were you going to say something? Uh, yeah. How come uh, object number one wasn't just go back in time and get more pin particles, or go back in time and just get the time stone? Yeah. Similarly, why when Holt gets the time stone, does he not just go back in time? Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's not how the time stone works, and somebody. Is going to push their glasses up That's on not the nose how the force and, works. and type out. And, yeah, exactly. Speaking of Hulk and the Time Stone, I really enjoyed having the Ancient One back. Um, I think Tilda Swinton is terrific in that role. Even if she's not, I know it's supposed to be an Asian person, and she is not. But I really feel like Professor Hulk is the only person who could have convinced her to let him take the Time Stone. And I really enjoyed their conversation. I thought that was really cool. She is great. Anybody else? No? Okay, Tony Stark. Can we? Oh, is that not a fast thing? I can hurry up. I'm glad uh-huh. that Tony Stark got a, a version of a happily ever after um, that he and Pepper still lived. And they, you know, this tech genius, tech giant got to live in a cabin with, you know, with his wife and his child and also have um, a little bit of the closure with his dad where his dad says, I'm so afraid this child is going to be if it's a boy, it's going to be my, like me who um, always put my own self-interest first. And Tony realizes that that's not who he is. And that he put his child first and he put the rest of the world first. And that's what it was all about. And I just thought that was really beautifully done. And that's what Tony did too. Made the same mistakes for the same reasons. Um, Love the fact that they have pretty well done a good call out on who the new Avengers are going to be. The new Iron Man is going to be the the emo teenage kid that was hanging around because that was the kid. Arnie Keener! That was the kid in Iron Man 3 that got all of the, that helped Tony rebuild the Iron Man suit and got Mm -hmm. all of that science equipment at the end of the film. Um, Sam as the new Captain America, you've got, um, oh crap. Now my, now my, my tongue is getting tied because Craig's rolling his eyes at me. Captain I, Marvel. I did nothing. Captain <laughs> Marvel. Machine, Captain, Captain Marvel. Rhodey. Uh, Rhodey is Dr. Strange. Wanda and. Ant-Man uh, and Wasp. Wanda, Clint. Um, I think they've done a good job of setting bet, the stage and I bet handing Clint the, retires. I passing bet the gone. baton over to the, the next Avengers group. And interestingly enough. The next Avengers group, if you if you kind of watch the progression throughout the throughout the comic book series, this one matches nicely and sets us up really well for what I think will be the big bad in the next phase, which is going to be the Skrulls in Secret Invasion. I'm going on record now. Okay, um, here it's supposed to be Kang. So I hope no. it's not. Gotta, Kang gotta, the Conqueror is ridiculous. Okay, we got to wrap this up. So I'm going to start passing out envelopes. I'm uh, shuffling them up, shuffling them up. You've so, got our names on them. What does it matter? If because we're sh- not reading our own. You're not oh, reading we're not reading own. our own. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I will say this while we're... Oh, uh, are we done? N- yeah. Um, okay, never mind. Here, you start... Pick one and pass them down. How about Monica Rambeau? Um, I bet she shows up eventually, the grown-up kid from... Uh, the grown-up kid from Captain Marvel. Because okay, Monica wait, wait, Rambeau wait, wait, wait. in Don't the comic books... Yet. Don't open them yet. In the comic books, Monica Rambeau is, is Photon, also yeah. known as Captain Marvel, and she's... 
Yeah, uh, she's one of the leaders of the Avengers. Yep, so. she plays. She'll play a role at some point. Okay. I'm sure she will. Somebody open an envelope. <laughs> tell me who you got. Don't open yours until it's your turn. Kyle, you're opening yours, so you're <laughs> automatically first. Todd, stop opening your damn envelope. I'm not gonna pull it out. I'm just gonna Jeez. open it. All right, Kyle, who you got? Ken. Ken. All right, Ken. What did Ken think of this movie, according to Craig, before opening night? Ken loved it, but doesn't want to appear too fanboyish, so nitpicks a few th a few things. Likes how Cap's reappearance makes no sense, but squilling with the light on the inside. The scene with all the female superheroes was so dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was the quote. The last one was, I, I thought we were going to get a quote out of that one. I rolled my eyes so audibly at that scene. Yes, I audibly rolled my eyes. Okay. That's how rolled they were. All right, Ken, who do you got? I don't know, because I didn't look. Okay. I got Todd. Todd, all right. What did Todd think of this, according to Craig? Todd loved it. Big letters. Loved. Cried when Black Widow died. Cried when Tony died at the funeral and at the funeral and during the video message and probably when the kids didn't want to take a picture with Ant-Man. <laughs> okay, I did not cry at that one. I thought that was the funniest thing in that whole segment. Quote, yes, there were deviations from the comics, but that's okay. End quote. Quote number two, this really was the perfect way to wrap up the Infinity Story. End quote. I thought we were going to get that out of you. Nope. So for sure, that second quote. All right, Todd, who do you got? I have Ryan. Oh, all right. So this is the one that we think is probably not going to work very well. Yeah. Let's see. Loved it. Struggled to come up with anything bad to say about it. Argued with other uh, other panelists when they brought up complaints, except for Megan, about Thor. His quote was, why can't we just turn off our brains for a while and enjoy it? Dang it. Yeah, I really whiffed hard on that one. That's only because his brain was off while watching the <laughs> yeah, movie. That's so... a good everyone was wrong. All right, all right. Megan. I got good? Kyle's. Uh, Kyle liked it a lot, but thought the second act was a bit slow. Bit slow. Black Widow's death scene was pretty meh. Meh. At the end, I realized I just really wanted another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> <laughs> How did I do? Uh, I think you whiffed on the Black Widow thing. Oh, okay. You liked that uh, part? Yeah. Okay. And I think... I love the first Guardians. I, I did not care for the second Guardians. Okay, in fact, right. I put it in my bottom three of Marvel oh, movies. Right, really? Yeah. yeah. All right, last one. Last one is Megan here. Loved it, but loved the experience of it most of all. Being out with friends, the spectacle, et cetera. <laughs> the quotes from Megan, I felt so bad for Thor. <laughs> also, I just love Captain Marvel. She's so great. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I thought I did all right. Sorry, Stephanie. Like I said, Stephanie was kind of a last-minute addition, and so I, I did not prepare one for you. I That's okay. Anyway, I apologize. Um, sure everybody's going to be on Reddit. They probably like, would have been right on anyway. <laughs> I, I liked the movie, but... Yeah. Actually, I, that's, uh, I'm glad I didn't have to do one for you because I have no idea... I, I did not have any idea before now what you're like. I've never Marvel been on any were. of the conversations of Marvel. Exactly. It would have been completely. I have. Yeah. 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 If I were to write a quote for you, I would have written down. It was competently made. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yep. Okay. So it was a fine film. <laughs> it was okay. If my, my final thought on it was that this movie is a miracle. It is a miracle. And I would probably give it like out of four stars. It's probably like three three and a half like it's it's really good it's not it's not a perfect movie but the fact that it worked at all is a miracle um 
And so, yeah, I mean, competently made is like the perfect way to put it where it's, it's I, the way I would have put it is the perfect way to put it. If you think about it, um, no, Greg's scale is basically the Amish. It's competent. It'll hold together. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, artistic flair with how many characters they were dealing with the storylines that they dealt, dealt with the. Uh, you know, going off and doing the time travel thing and bringing everybody back together. And the fact that I I was never lost, I was never uninterested. On the second viewing, I, there were a couple parts in the middle that were that were slower upon second viewing. And I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go. Um, but the fact that this worked over three hours and that it, it made me emotional at the end with Tony's funeral and all that, like, it, it was a miracle that this movie worked. Uh, so even if I don't give it like a perfect four stars or a 10 out of 10 or whatever, uh, I love that that they made it happen. So okay. I could see you giving three and a half stars to Moses parting the sea. So. <laughs> well, right. The problem, the problem with that was that he, that he, only, he only separated it so far and they would have been able to get across so much faster if he had... <laughs> If he just manned up and done a better job. If he had done it. what Stephen Strange did and turned it into a water spout. Exactly. If, he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. if he just solidified it in the first place, they could have just walked right across. Yeah, exactly. and it would have been fine. <laughs> what an idiot. The legendarium gives star ratings to Bible miracles. <laughs> on first, I'm, I'm ready. Name miracles. I'll go. On, on Watery first, wine? <laughs> on first viewing, Jonah getting swallowed by a whale, I thought, ranked it as a seep minus. <laughs> But on second viewing, I think it was a B plus that he survived it all. Uh, okay, so that's all the time we're giving to this episode. <laughs> all right, we uh, thank you all very much for listening in. And holy crap, I don't, I don't know that we've ever. I know we've done five to an episode. I don't know that we've ever done six, but I know for a fact that we've never done seven. By my uh, almanac, this is the first time we've had all six of us on the podcast, and all seven of us. Well, that's the thing. You know, now, I, I have to say, before we wrap up and go, Stephanie, it's people are clamoring. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been, I have been raked over some lukewarm coals uh, <laughs> for the fact that you don't have flair yet on the... I have read that on Reddit. Yeah, I, on I just Reddit. noticed that. And so... I had to ask Ryan what that meant because I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I, I've kind of been waiting to see, you know, if Stephanie would stick around after the Night Angel trilogy, and uh, so we'll 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 see about that. But I'm glad you were here today. Yeah, it's been fun. Good. All right. Well, and the rest of you, that's fine too. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right. Anybody, uh, Megan, you look like you're about to vomit. Do you have something you want to say into the microphone that's not vomit? No, I was just going to say Hail Hydro one more time. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure that, uh, you know, I didn't do this at the top of the episode because uh, we, you know, we wanted to get to talking about this, but patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can support the show. <clears throat> and I hope that you do so that we can see you all again at JordanCon next year. Uh, the legendarium.reddit.com is where you can join the conversation. You can also join our Discord, which you can find the link to on Reddit, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, what else am I missing? I think that should do it. So thank you everybody for listening. Please share the Legendarium with your friends if you enjoy what we do and leave a review on iTunes. Thanks very much. Have a good one. Bye.